0: Here with Kyle. He's a friend of mine, and we're just going to share a bit on, on some of the wrestling of bringing forth the gospel into a world and, in areas that are dangerous. Before we get too deep into this, I, I do want to share this verse out of Mark. It's in Mark 16, verse 14. It says this, it says, Afterward he appeared to the eleven themselves, as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. This is a verse the Lord has pressed on me recently. We see in verse 14, it says, uh, well, we get this picture of the 11 disciples reclining at the table with Jesus. This is after his resurrection. He has been appearing to many for a 40-day period. And it's in this, this part of the account of the gospel in which we see this rebuke. It says he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. This word rebuke in the Greek, we may often just think of this word rebuke as, as, uh, as maybe a scolding, but literally this, this word in the Greek is uh, an expression of blame and disapproval. And so when we see this verse, we see Jesus coming to the 11 disciples and he has two things against them their unbelief and their hardness of heart, particularly in this context related to his resurrection. And we see Christ numerous times speaking of this very thing throughout his ministry, and yet this unbelief and hardness of heart. I think maybe many of you have been there with me in which when you've read the gospel and you see And of sort, this chaos that kind of ensues of misunderstanding and and not understanding and unbelief that's taking place after Christ is resurrected. As you're reading all these different accounts in the various Gospels, you think to yourself, oh yeah, well, they, they didn't understand. And you know, there's times we don't either, and so, yeah, I can relate to them. And then when you come to this verse in Mark, when Jesus says, I blame you, I blame you for your unbelief and hardness of heart. Jesus spoke plainly about his resurrection, that this was to take place. As Jesus spoke of this day, he was speaking it with the expectation that his disciples would receive it. And there's two things he says here in which he's blaming them for. Unbelief and a hardened heart. When we come to this wrestling for unbelief and a hardened heart, but yet after this, blaming, we see these beautiful words go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And it's quite the contrast in statement and feel. Christ intends his people to be about his work. And there is this thing of unbelief and this thing of a hardened heart in which we can fall into just like the disciples did. Jesus was doing an incredible work displayed in a, in, a, in the resurrected state. And rather than receiving the words in which he spoke prior, they were slow to coming to that point. So, Kyle, let's, let's begin to unpack a bit. I know I've, I've spoken in many areas. I'm a full-time missionary. Been doing about 13 years and, and we serve in, in various dangerous areas. What I've learned over the years is God, God is powerful. He is present. He, he intends to make himself known through his people. And, and faithfulness and obedience is, is a beautiful thing and wonderful peace in which God ultimately brings us to, but, but it's not always, it takes time and, and there's a wrestling. So, Kyle, share a bit about yourself, of what you want to say, as well as, as how God's been leading you
1: to step out in faith, bringing the gospel outward. Okay. I'm a father of five and uh, happily married to my beautiful wife, and my wife actually had numerous occasions of opportunities for mission trips and has, has traveled overseas prior. Had a, had a couple opportunities, even after we had children, to, to travel to Honduras, and uh, each time asked me to go. And I was encouraged to go by others in our church, and I always found a reason, uh, to decline. Deep down, it may have been fear. It may have been, um, fear of the unknown, but, but ultimately it was, I was comfortable. I was comfortable here, and it was easier to say that that's not my calling. That changed in 2019. We had a dear friend of ours, her and and her husband had uh begun an orphanage in Haiti and her husband passed away he was a close friend of ours and she began to to seek some some input regarding the upkeep of the orphanage and she consulted me on numerous occasions she began to to ask she said Kyle we can I could really use your help down there and began to encourage me in that. And I, I began to feel the pull, like, is this my time? I began to, to wrestle with the Lord a little bit on that. I, I kind of found, again, found reasons to, to push it off. And then finally, a trip was planned, and it was kind of like, are you, are you going to come? And I, I said yes reluctantly, but I did say yes. And as we prepared, I began to the reality of the trip began to, to weigh heavily on me. And I began to, kind of similar to, to Jonah, <laughs> I, I began kind of wrestling with the Lord and saying, well, don't you realize that it's dangerous there? There's people there that may not like me. They may not want me there. Well, sp- speak a bit about the country. We were, we were going to be traveling to Haiti, which is one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. The area in Haiti that we were traveling to was actually—it was a slum outside of the capital city. Very, very dangerous place. We were told that the police actually don't even have control there; that it's that it's run by gangs, and that there's different gangs that control different districts. There's a lot of there's a lot of unrest, and um, there it would be in the news of people being abducted, things of that nature. So, the the risk was very real. The dangers were very real. And
0: back yeah, back in 2020, there was there was that, and, and these issues continue. You'll, you'll frequently see Haiti as, as one of the many nations in which uh, a lot of tragic abductions, ransoms, shootings, and, and things come out of.
1: Yeah, and so in my wrestling, I I would bring those things before the Lord, and in hopes that He would either a give me a confirmation of well, you're going to be fine. I'm watching, you know, I'm watching over you, or I was looking for a. Well, maybe there'd be a, a way out. Ultimately, I didn't get the, either one of those answers that I was that I was seeking. I, I would go to, you know, the story of Jonah, and Jonah, even though he resisted God, still ultimately ended up going. And so I, I would kind of be like, well, he was okay. He was angry about the situation. But he had a hardness of heart, but yet he was protected in, in sharing that. So I would, I would kind of go from that, from that mindset. And then I, I remembered stories of Paul going, particularly one, in one place. He talks about that he's going, um, I believe it was to Jerusalem and he knew he wasn't going to return and that the people that he was re- re- talking to would not see him again. And so in that he was, he was getting the, he, he knew the outcome. He knew that what was ahead was not going to be easy, but yet he went anyway. And so that piece that I got of the story of Jonah was quickly uh countered by that by the by the message from Paul. And so I would bring that to the Lord and be like, "Don't you know that I don't you know that I have kids. Don't you know that I have a wife, Lord? Like th- that doesn't make sense for me for you to be calling me to this." And his answer I felt was very, very clearly each time it would, I'd receive two answers. One would be a question, or actually they were both questions. I would get, well, does that mean you're not going to go? Yes, it's dangerous, but aren't, does that mean you're not going to go? Or the second one was, am I not worth it? And the second question was ultimately the one that I wrestled with the, the most. But it was ultimately the one that gave me total peace. Because I, I for the first time in my life, it's, it's very easy to place yourself. You hear, I remember the story of the young lady uh, in, the, I believe it was in Colorado, there was a school shooting and she was faced with the decision of, are you going to still claim Jesus? And, and she lost her life in that moment. I was in youth group at that time when that happened. And I remember thinking, well, if I was ever put in that place, it's such a cut-and-dry situation, I hope I would do the right thing. But so many of us are never placed in a position where we actually have to make that decision. And I felt in my heart when the Lord said, am I not worth it? And I had to answer that question. That was my decision-making moment. That was a, it was a huge it was a huge growth step for me to truly say at what what is my faith worth and, and what is the faith that I'm holding, what is it worth for me to share that with somebody else? Is it worth my life? Being a father? Being a husband? I had that thought process so frequently that I felt that the Lord was preparing me for I may not return from this mission trip, And yet I still made the decision to go because i had never been more confident that this is what god was calling me to do and i went with the mindset that even if it is that that i am i may not return and and quite honestly i thought there's no reason that the lord would have put me through that process if i was coming home so giving my kids the kids the kiss good night the night before i left in my mind, I was potentially hugging them and kissing them for the last time, but also having a complete peace, knowing I was doing exactly what God wanted me to do in that moment.
0: This is the beauty of wrestling. There's, when we approach the Word, and, and, and I love, I love how, you, how you give this testimony and declaration, there's intellectual processing we do of the Word. And, and this is the realm where many will live. We, we know the right answers because we're well-studied we we know what to say and, and how to respond to different questions. But when it comes to application of these things, there's a deeper depth in which God will school his children. There's a deeper, uh, profound truth of the Spirit of we can intellectually understand God's protection, and then we can humble ourselves unto oftentimes these paths that lead us to extremely dark places, and yet receive this pure peace mm-hmm. of the Spirit. Now, I personally, it's beautiful when we're given this peace. There may be times in which we'll, we'll have fear, and yet there's still prayer, the seeking of the Lord, the wrestling, and, and ultimately uh, submitting submitting to His will, and then knowing. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, as, as you were sharing. I, I knew, you knew it was what you had to do. Yes.
1: Like I was referring to a time of growth. In that, the preparation part of the trip was honestly as much of a growth period for me as the trip itself. I I had to get, bring myself to a point. I was easily the guy that was scared to mention at work that I would went to church on Sunday. They would guys would say, "What'd you do this weekend?" And I would find every reason to say anything but that, just because. Even though it's a cultural norm here in the U.S., just the, just the fear of being different than somebody else um, was enough to keep me quiet. So when we, when we did go to Haiti, one of the things that, that our friend had us share was we shared our testimony in front of the congregation in the church down there, which again for me was, was a big step, but I did it. And we had multiple uh opportunities to to share the gospel with with a couple different villages and and with people in the church down there i've had the opportunity to actually go twice the second time we we went there was we we had a situation where we were in real danger there was a, a there was some gangs we went through a gang checkpoint, and things looked Kind of sketchy, but yet in the in that still had a, a feeling of well, I I am again where the Lord wants me to be, and if this is if this is the situation and this is where I'm called home, I'm okay with that, and thankful that that wasn't the case. But because I'm still here praising the, and able to go see my family on when I got home, so on returning from those trips, I have actually found many opportunities to share my faith here at home. I've had the opportunity to share my faith with numerous coworkers now that I would have never stepped out and done. And so the the mission field for me here at home is just as real as what it was when I went to Haiti. In that wrestling uh, with the Lord on, am I worth it? Answering that question on is, am I worth it if it costs you your life? And I was willing to answer that question and come to a place of peace in that. How much easier it was now to answer or to step up when an opportunity arose, and the worst thing that could happen was maybe a little bit of ridicule. And the Lord has really opened doors immensely to uh, to share, and had some beautiful times of coworkers in tears recognizing the need for Christ in their life. People that I would have never dreamed would be in that position. And the Lord has opened doors for conversations, but you have to be willing to do it. I don't obviously get it right all the time, and I miss opportunities probably still frequently. But my encouragement would be for myself, I I take more joy in going to work when I have the opportunity knowing that the seeds are being planted on a daily basis at work, and I might have the opportunity to have a conversation with a coworker that I've been praying for, that I've been sharing with. There is, You might find satisfaction in your job that you're working, or you, you might feel that you aren't meeting your potential. But for myself, I love what I do, but it brings it to a whole nother level of I'm doing what God called me to do. And so, yes, I'm here doing this job today, but ultimately, my ultimate job as a believer is sharing the gospel. And so when I'm able to do both things at the same time, that is pure joy. And that is an exciting thing. To I I eagerly go to work in hopes of seeing open doors. It sounds like there's a change Mm -hmm. from
0: from your attitude and what you thought prior in, in regards to your approach to work, to, you mentioned uh, somebody asked what you did did on the weekend and you'd, you'd say anything but uh, worship Jesus Christ yep and and yet through this wrestling with the Lord what would you say what would you say in regards to foundationally your your mindset before and now your mindset now what changed
1: I think it was kind of what I've alluded to with in that process of The Lord saying, you know, are you still not going to do this? Or am I not worth that? Really digging deep into that question. And I mean, I think we can all ask ourselves that question. What am I willing to give? How much am I willing to to risk, a cost-wise, to share my faith? And to challenge yourself in that, to, to say that, I mean, not all of us might be at the point that we're willing to give our life, but you know what? Ultimately, that's what we're called to do, like, to, is to, you know, we're, we're, we're supposed to view our life here as, we do, we're not to cling to our life here because that's not, not, ultimately not, not the end. And so, we are, you know, we're to use the, the time that we're here to, to further his kingdom. And for myself, it was that it was that process of is this real or not like how how do I go from being someone who goes to church on Sunday and sits in the pew and says that I'm a Christian to being someone who is willing to lay something on the line and not be ashamed of that and the the verse that I was that I was referencing with Paul he, he was stating, it's in, it's in Acts 20. He said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me and the task to testifying to the good news of God's grace. And that, that was what he was writing to these to these men when he said, I know that I'm not going to see you again that was his recognition of the race that he was running in that journey that i had it was similar in that he had to ask himself a question or it's very easy for us to put, to look at paul and say well he had hardships throughout the each thing but with each hardship and knowing what was ahead of him he still had the, he still had the decision to make on am i going to continue this even though what's ahead may be hard and in that I think he was very rewarded, and to people that that reward can look different ways. He, you know, he was one that would was considering suffering, being, you know, am I worthy of that kind of thing? And for us to even wrap our minds, I I could never even wrap my mind around that sort of a concept. And so, for us here in the U.S., yeah, like I said, the weighing that in relation to now sharing. My faith with a coworker and and being open with what the Lord's done in my life, the worst thing that they're going to do is, is laugh at me, and that seems so much less than what I, the, the process that I had gone through.
0: So in many ways, fear? Fear,
1: fear and has, pride uh, was mm-hmm. what got in my way. And pride. Pride, pride was the big one. I appreciate you
0: sharing. I've been praying a lot for the church here in the United States. I'm praying for the church to, to come back to Christ with all their heart. Mm-hmm. I often hear many struggling with comforts, with distractions, busyness, the curse of busyness. And, and we all can relate to this in, in different ways. But it's, it's humbling to see how God is he's working in the midst. I believe there's a, there's a great change coming for this country, where boldness, and not not even just boldness, but the Christian, the servant of Christ, will have to make a choice. Is he worth their life? And And whether we're granted 20 more years or one more year, ultimately we know this is not our home, and we're running a race, as Paul writes it, and we need to finish it. And, and so I hope, I hope the testimony you all have heard here today, um, it's a beautiful testimony because it gives you a picture of personal wrestling. I think many, many have gone through, and maybe in some ways many are resisting yet today. If you're hearing this in which you're in a place where you recognize, all oh, my pride is preventing me from serving Christ wholeheartedly, uh, fear is preventing me, from submitting to go serve in a dangerous nation. The Lord is raising up his people for this time, and the Spirit's not absent. And And I really rejoice in hearing the wrestling you went through and ultimately the submitting to the one who is worth worth our life. And it's kind of ironic because we must lose our life to gain it, mm-hmm. as Christ said. And and so thank, thank you for sharing. If there's any listening who are wrestling in these ways, I, I pray you are encouraged. Uh, you are emboldened. Uh, do not fear what the Lord has for you. Furthermore, whether, whether it's serving in a dangerous nation or perhaps becoming a bold witness in your workplace, don't shrink back from these things. As you heard with Kyle, he went to his work and many of his coworkers are receiving Christ and weeping over the good news. And I would imagine, Kyle, prior to uh, maybe to rewind a few years, you would think to yourself, oh, they don't want to hear. That's correct. They, they don't want to know. They'll, they'll make fun of me. They'll mock me. And yet those very ones are, are humbling themselves and breaking before the Lord. The world is desperate for hope. May we bring forth this gospel. And many blessings to you all. Thanks, thank you, Kyle.
1: Thank you for sharing.